Welcome to Grace to All. I'm your host, Paul Gray. You've probably used the word grace, sang Amazing Grace, or said grace at a meal. But did you know that God's grace is way better than we can even imagine, and that you and all people already have an abundant supply of God's unlimited amazing grace? Today, we're going to hear the truth about God's amazing grace to all people. So, sit back, relax, and prepare to be inspired and awakened to the amazing treasures that you already possess. This is truth that you can handle. Hey, everybody. Thanks for being with me for another time together. Paul Gray, some of you are hearing this from New Life in Christ Church. Some of you are hearing it from Grace to All with Paul Gray. And appreciate you all being with me wherever or whatever the platform is. You know, the saying, home is where the heart is. How about this saying? You can take the boy or the girl out of the country, but you can't take the country out of the boy or the girl. Have you ever gone back to your childhood home decades later? I have. It usually seems a lot smaller than we remember it, doesn't it? Some of you, like me, have wonderful memories of your childhood home. And I know that, unfortunately, others' memories aren't quite as good. I want to take just a little bit of time this morning and imagine what you'd like a home to be like for a child, if you were a child. Now, I know that's a stretch for some of you who are in your 40s, 50s, 60s, or 70s like me, or 80s like some of you who are watching, but use your sanctified imagination, if you would. Dream a little bit. What would a dream home be like for a little child? I think, you know, there would be things to play with. There'd be people to be with. There'd be toys to play with. There'd be fun things to do, opportunities to be outside in nature, to play, good food, games, some pets, animals. What are the ideal feelings that you would want to have for a little child in a perfect home? You know, you'd, you'd want them to feel joy and happiness. You'd want them to feel like they're valued, that they're accepted, that they're included. You'd want them to feel safe, be confident, be secure. You'd want to have people there that you knew had your best interest at heart. You'd want it to be good. You wouldn't want to have to beg for things. You'd want to feel liked, and you'd want to know for sure that you belong and that like you're valued. You would want stability. You wouldn't want to be afraid, would you? You'd want unconditional love. Now, those would be all good things to have in an ideal, perfect home for a child, wouldn't they? That'd be a nice home, not a house or an apartment necessarily, but, but a home, someplace that was theirs. I interviewed Lydia Dutoit this week. She's an author. She's Francois Dutoit's wife. He's the uh, translator of the Mirror Translation. They've both written several books. And I've had the time to spend some time with her in person before. And she is just a delightful, delightful lady. 
And as I always do on my podcast guest, I start out by asking the guest, how has your growing understanding of God's unconditional love and grace for all people affected you where the rubber hits the road in your day-to-day relationships with your family, your friends, your neighbors, your co-workers, people at the store, that type of thing? And virtually all of them, after you know describing some things, end up saying in one way or another, well, it, it just makes everything easier. It takes all the pressure off. You feel free. There's no judgment because you know that you're not judged and you're loved and you're accepted and you're included. Lydia, though, told me the sweetest story, and it was different than any I've ever heard. She told me that she grew up in South Africa, not in a religious family at all. No Bible, no church, no prayers, nothing religious. Her dad led a crew of, she called them gypsies, who traveled all over Africa doing some kind of work. I think it could have been drilling for oil or drilling for water or something like that. I'm not sure. She said the families of the workers traveled in a caravan like gypsies, and they lived in tents like gypsies. Maybe they were gypsies. She said most of the places they went, they were next to or just outside of small villages where many of the people lived in huts. She said color, skin color didn't mean anything. Race didn't mean anything. Age, gender, education, socioeconomic status, customs, didn't mean anything to her and her people. She said her parents and their crew, the families, loved and accepted and included each other like one big family. And they did the same with everybody else. She said everyone was valued. She said there was never any question or thought that when she was growing up that Anybody might not belong, or they might get sent away, or they might not be wanted, or they might mess up so bad they would be disowned and sent away. She was taught that everyone had value and was important and was loved unconditionally. Her parents had a big tent. That was their home. And she said, you know, they could have had several for all I know. She said that she would often wake up in the morning when they'd be at a, a new village that they'd gone to, and there would be new people there in their tent who'd spent the night there. People that her parents had befriended and fed and took in for the night, sometimes given them clothing, whatever. Sometimes they stayed longer than a night. She said that was just reality for her. That was home. They had no address. They had no town. They had no house, no apartment, not even an RV. They lived in tents. She said home was wherever they were at the time. She said her dad could just do, he was one of those guys who could do anything, fix anything. And she said, you know, something would get broken and he had a good attitude about it. He didn't worry. He didn't complain. He said, let's just get here. Let's do it together. Let's fix it. Same with her mom. She lived like that, she said, from her earliest memories for several years of her life. Then as a teenager, 
and I'm not sure where she went then, didn't go into that, she started learning about God. And she said, well, it was easy. That was what she knew. She just didn't know it was God. She learned about God is unconditional love and accepting and forgiving and including and everybody belongs. She said that was what she knew. And so she just, man, she just uh, ate that up until she said she got involved in religion. And then she said almost everything she was taught in religion raised red flags about what she'd grown up with, contradicted how she'd grown up in her home. And she said that in part was why she was so receptive to hearing the truth about the real God and the real gospel, which she and her husband, Francois, heard at a very early age. I mean, very early on in their relationship when they were, you know, teenagers in their 20s. She said the same thing was true about Francois. He knew God and God's unconditional love and goodness. He loved God. He wanted to share how good God was. And the traditional thing was to be involved in church and to go to seminary, you know, and become a pastor and go lead a church and stuff. And he did that. But he said in his the religious classes and the schools that he went to and everything, they weren't okay with his understanding of God being totally good and pure love and grace for everyone. And so he never lasted long in one of those religious settings. Now, in visiting with her, she used phrases like at home, surrounded by love, immersed in love, being comfortable at home. That was her wonderful concept of home. And it had nothing to do with how big their house was. There was no house. Didn't have anything to do with status or money or anything. You know, a lot of people in the course of my life have said to me, well, you know, I guess we were poor when we grow up, but we didn't know we were poor. We were happy. Lydia said that her gypsy-like nomadic life was comfortable, safe, pleasant, exciting, full of joy, something new all the time. Yet at the same time, the good was constant and never changing. She was comfortable. We got to talking about how comfortable God is with us so comfortable that God chose to make his home not only with us, but in us. Did you ever think about God being comfortable and at home in you and with you? He's comfortable there. He enjoys it there. He likes it there. He chooses to be there. We don't chose him. He chose us. I want you to remember with me some things that Jesus said. This is the night before he died. John 16, 32, he said, I'm never alone, for the Father is always with me. John 14, 2 and 3, he said, in my Father's house, there are many homes. Sometimes it's translated dwelling places, sometimes mansions. The word is homes. If it were not so, I would have told you, for I'm going away to prepare a place for you a place for him and the Father and the Holy Spirit to come and live in. And when I go and make ready a place for you, I will come back again and take you to myself, that where I am, you may be also. Later on in that same chapter, John fourteen twenty, he said, when that day comes, you will know for yourselves that I'm in my Father and you're in me and I'm in you. You are home. We're home together. John seventeen twenty four. He said, Father, I ask that you allow everyone that you've given to me, and earlier he'd said that's everyone, to be with me where I am. And of course, the Father gave everyone to be with him where he is. 
Earlier in John's Gospel 3, verse 13, he said, No one has ever gone up to heaven, but there is one himself, Jesus, who's come down from heaven, the Son of Man himself, who is at home in heaven. John 14, 16 and 17. He said, I'll ask the Father. You think the Father gave Jesus whatever he asked? He said, I will ask the Father and he will give you another Savior, Comforter, Counselor, the Holy Spirit of Truth who will be to you a friend, Jesus said, just like me, and he will never leave you. The world won't receive him because they can't see him or know him, but you will know him intimately because he will make his home in you and will live inside you. John 14, 23, the mirror says this. Jesus is talking. He says, my father and I make our abode our dwelling place, same word used for mansions or home earlier in John 14, we make our home with and in each person individually. And Francois says, God has no other address but you, Y-O-U, human life. Ephesians 4, 5, and 7, Paul writes this, the Lord God is one And so are we, for we share in one faith, one baptism, and one Father. He is the perfect Father who leads all, works through us all, and lives in us all. We have a perfect Father who leads us all, works through us all, and lives in us all. Verse 7 And our perfect Father has generously given us, each one of us, supernatural grace according to the size of the gift of Christ, which is ginormous. Jesus, Papa, and the Holy Spirit are all about revealing to us and helping us see that He is a perfect Father. And we are His beloved kids, and we're at home in Him and with Him, and He's at home in and with us. And when we realize what it means that He's there 24 7 in us, and that He's good, and that he's grace, and that he's light, we feel safe and loved unconditionally and accepted and fully known and confident and assured and enjoyed. We're never fearful. We're comfortably at home. Jesus solved the spiritual homeless problem at the cross. What would the best father ever want home to be like for his kids. Now, our Papa is perfect. He's the perfect Father. He loves unconditionally. He's never-ending, never-failing love. His home is full of love. Perfect love casts all out fear. (laughs) Of course, with children in a home, there's teaching, there's coaching, there's mentoring, there's correction at home. But in our perfect Father's home, there's never condemnation. There's never punishment. There's never payback. There's never shame. There's never anything like that. You ever ask, God, where are you? I just don't sense your presence. I don't feel you close to me. And you hear him say, I'm at home. I'm right here. I'm in you. Many times I've asked Jesus, Papa, the Holy Spirit, where were you back when I was in my 20s or 30s or whatever in that part of my life, when I made these bad decisions or did this or that. And since I've learned to hear his voice, he said to me always, I was there. I was there with you. 
all the time. We were at home together. Paul, you just weren't aware. Home is where the heart is, and the Trinity is in your heart. They're in all of you. We who have kids, we let our kids, when they grow up, we let them leave home, or they leave home, and they go into the world, and we trust them to God. God sends us into the world and goes with us. <laughs> Unconditional love and grace and goodness and light goes with us and is at home with us wherever we go, like Lydia told about her family with gypsies, wherever they went. Home has a father and a mother and an older brother who are all good and always for us, Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit grace. They always have our best interest at heart. They're always working everything for the good of everyone. You know, God is pure light with no trace of darkness, and pure light enables us to see home. There's no darkness in God's home. Like Motel 6, he's always got the light on for you. The Trinity is always all about revealing to us what our true home is like and where it is. It's never changed. We just don't remember. Paul wrote this to the church in Colossae, Colossians 3, verses 1 to 4. He said, Christ's resurrection is your resurrection too. That's why we are to yearn for all that is above, for that's where Christ sits enthroned at the place of all power, honor, and authority. Yes, feast on all the treasures of the heavenly realm, and he uses the word above, we know now, and I think he came to see that, that that was in the unseen and eternal realm, which is here right now inside us and around us. All the treasures of the heavenly realm are there. Fill your thoughts with those realities and not with the distractions of the natural realms. Heavenly reality, the heavenly realm, the kingdom of heaven is in you. Not out there, up there, distant, not in the future, but right now in you and at home in you and with you. Verse 3, Paul says, your crucifixion with Christ has severed the tie to this life. And now your true life is hidden away in God, in Christ. And as Christ himself is seen for who he really is, who you really are will also be revealed, for you are now one with him in his glory. Your life is in Christ, and Christ and the Father and the Holy Spirit are in you. I used this quote last week. It's appropriate again this week from George MacDonald. So long as there dwells harmony, so long as the Son loves the Father with all the love the Father can welcome, I would say so long as all is well at home, then all is well with the little ones. MacDonald says, God is all right. Why should we mind standing in the dark for a minute outside his window? Well, there's no limit to what God will do to get us to remember and experience and abide or dwell in seamless union with them. They are all-powerful. They are all-patient. They are complete good, and their love never fails. Here's what I hope you and me and all of us take away from this today and remember every day. You have a home. Your Father is always at home with you. Your home is in you. Your Father is perfect. Your Father loves you perfectly. Your Father is total goodness. Your Father is grace. You can relax. You can rest. You can enjoy being at home.
I want to close with the prayer of St. Patrick that we've been reading lately, and I've tweaked it just a little bit. I can't get permission from him because he's been dead for several hundred years. Yeah, but that's all right. St. Patrick's prayer. Christ is with me. Christ with me. Christ before me. Christ behind me. Christ in me. Christ beneath me. Christ above me, Christ on my right, Christ on my left, Christ where I lie, Christ where I sit, Christ where I arise, Christ in the heart of everyone who thinks of me, Christ in the mouth of everyone who speaks to me, Christ in everyone who sees me, Christ in every ear that hears me, Christ as me. Salvation is the Lord. Salvation is of the Christ. Christ is at home in me, and I am at home in Christ. Hey, everybody, thanks again for being with me. Hope this was helpful to you and encouraging to you. I'll see you next time. Grow in grace. Thank you for listening to Grace to All. For more about us, how we can serve you, and our special guest, please visit www.gracewithpaulgray.com. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast so that you never miss an episode and to join our Facebook group, Grace to All where you'll be inspired and awakened to more truth that you can handle.